started recording. Oh, hi. I'm going to close this garage. It's going to be really awkward and loud. So you get the entrance? We get the entrance. It's like our aesthetic, you know. You hear the garage door closing, <laughs> the hellos and all that. You heard my fem- my feminist. Uh, yeah, we can we can bleep that out if yeah, you don't want it. Uh, only because it's going to be on. Yeah. No, we can definitely do that. Yeah, show. Yeah. So let's <laughs> pretend we're starting right now. Okay. <laughs> um, Welcome to the garage. This Hi. is Andy Cred. Hello. Uh, I'm Colin. I'm Zane. And with us today is Rebecca Johnson. Hi, guys. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Good. I like this crazy garage. Yeah, it's dirtier than usual and covered in sand. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's nice. Cool. And cozy. Green, a green screen. Like yeah. It. It's good. Yeah, we do lots of fun <laughs> stuff with that. Um, yeah, but we wanted to have you on, uh, for lots of reasons. I mean, I've, so I've been at Nerdist for a couple of years now, and Mm -hmm. ever since you joined the faculty there, I've heard nothing but amazing things about you as a teacher, and I've seen you perform a million times, and you're amazing, and then also... (laughs) I just slicked it. I'm like, I'm wondering how I can get my hair to stay that way. I, you, I, put, I wet it a little, and then I put pomade in it. My pomade. husband's pomade, actually. Mm. Nice. That's yeah, the trick. Because I, yeah, I'll talk about my hair, but I had I didn't a mean side mullet yeah. for <laughs> yeah. Flow, the show that I'm doing, and then afterwards I've gotten like four haircuts to try to like figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah, so yeah. Oh, it's always an experiment. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. All the podcast listeners at home are going to be like, oh, what does our hair look like? Mm. They'll have to Google it. Yeah. 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 It'll be fun it, for them. It looks exactly what you want Zane's hair to look like. It's you pretty indie, it. though. Like, it I looks just in, like yeah. yours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's indie stuff. Like, how do you do hair? I don't really know how to do it. I got to figure yeah, it out. Mm-hmm. I'll teach you. The podcast is all about being indie, kind of. Uh-huh. So, you know, like, independently doing things. How did you get into doing things? And then, like, now stuff's not so independent or whatever. So very, yeah. that's very recent. But you did yeah. your hair yourself. And yes, today I did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So starting there, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, among like a bunch of other projects and stuff right now, obviously the big thing going on right now is Glow. Yeah. The new Netflix series that everyone's talking about. It's like yeah. I, I watched the first episode today, and I really can't wait to get home and keep watching it. So you it's finally amazing. got Netflix. I did. I got you to get Netflix. Yeah. You got him to get Netflix. Well, because I, I, I saw him the other day and I was like, he's like, I, I don't have, I saw you yesterday. Yesterday, And you, yep. he didn't have Netflix yesterday. Yep. You didn't have a phone yesterday. <laughs> I didn't have a phone yesterday. Wait, what is happening? Yesterday yeah. I bought a phone and today I got Netflix. <laughs> he's oh really, like, fast. I, I mean, like... you know what? Yeah. <laughs> You know, you're having your successes in the world, and I'm <laughs> you're having getting mine. Yours yeah, too. That's exactly. Great. <laughs> I'm very happy that you got that cell phone, though. Yeah, it's nice. I like it. I gotta download all my apps and stuff. It's it's that weird transition period. I don't have any pictures on it. That's so sad. Well, that would be. You'd have to take a lot. You'd have to get up to a lot yeah. to, and suddenly you'll have a million pictures on yeah, it. Yeah, I can share you on my Dropbox and uh, you can just, you can have, just have his. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, well, my, my Dropbox is full so I'm going to have to pay for an extra uh, 
gig of Dropbox. <laughs> I feel like uh, Cloud, Dropbox, all that is like, so it's always full. It's always yeah. going to be full. And you, I don't even actually know how to get pictures off of my cloud. So right. they just go there. And I never know how to get them back. So I just. Yeah. I don't even. I, well, I can Google it, but. You can, but are you going to? Because I'm the exact same way. Like, yeah. I know, I feel better when I have them on the cloud because then I can, like, clear my phone and, like, well, they still exist somewhere. somewhere? Yeah. Do they? Or is this just, like, a weird, yeah. like, thing that, a lie? That could be. Yeah. Like, the cloud is just imaginary. Yeah. I'm yeah. not connected to the cloud yet. Wow. Or You're whatever. so indie. Yeah. But, all of, <laughs> but I'm amped to Dropbox. Okay. So when I connect to my computer, my Dropbox starts pulling it all. Right. But I've got I've had to buy a Dropbox storage now and I've filled that up too. Mm-hmm. So now I don't know what to do. I guess I'm gonna have to cloud it. Yeah, and the cloud's only a dollar a month. You know, this is really interesting. Yeah, yeah this, this is, is so good stuff. Yeah. Right. <laughs> when did you start teaching at Nerdist though? Cause I, I was the first teacher. Oh, okay. Yeah, at Nerdist. So I started teaching improv in New York at the People's Improv Theater. And I've been doing improv for twenty years and um and I started at UCB like when I was in college still. And before that, I actually did improv in college, and that's why it's been 20 years. Mm-hmm. And um, did UCB classes, eventually taught at the pit, then when I moved out here. The pit's in New York? The pit's in New York, yeah. Then when I moved out here, I decided that I wasn't going to like focus on improv out here, because in New York, there was a period of time where I was coaching, teaching, or performing improv seven days a week, literally. Mm-hmm. And I think like I was coaching like seven groups at the same time. It was just like, I was all improv all the time. And then I'd be like, why can't I ever write a script? It's like, because I'm constantly like helping other people be funny. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so then when I moved here, I didn't do improv for like the first year, which isn't really true, because I did do it and I got on an IO house team but I didn't do it seven days a week um, but when the Nerdist was opening Ptolemy Slocum who runs the school mm-hmm. him and I were in the same Herald team in New York uh, called Neutrino we started improvising together in 2001 and so we're really close friends and even though we have a very different teaching style <laughs> yes. um, we love each other and mm-hmm. he asked me to teach as one of the first teachers so um, he brought in me and then um, Derek, and, and so I, I started teaching it. And I got to kind of pick the curriculum I made, awesome. wrote that, so then the other level one teachers kind of follow my uh, basic outline. They can do whatever exercises they like within the, the sort of categories that I think are important for so an improviser. I still learned from you, even though I didn't learn from you <laughs> directly. Sort of, yeah. Cool. Who did you have? Uh, Monica. Oh, oh, for one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, we went through every class together, right? Yeah, yeah, because Monica's now two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Back then, it's possible that she didn't have my exact curriculum, so you might not have learned from me. But there's still something left on the table for you. Yeah, Yeah. well, you're still, you're (laughs) teaching still. Yes, I still am. Yeah, Yeah, well, I actually registered for your level one today. Oh, cool. Yeah. I had a busy wow, day. Wow, you got a phone, you got Netflix, and you're taking my class. Well, yeah. that'll be fun. Did yeah, you get yeah. the Netflix and do the, the, that on the class on your phone? On my new phone, yeah. yeah. Oh, I did, wow. actually. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Already getting your money back. <laughs> it's worth every penny. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, you started doing improv in college. Yeah. Did you want to do improv? Like, in high school, you're like, that's, I'm going to go do improv. Well, I saw improv the first time. I'm from New York. I saw improv the first time at a music festival. And it was people doing what I now know as the game Machine. And I remember Mm -hmm. it. I was 13 years old. I was at this music festival. They got a suggestion of Polly Want a Cracker. Someone just 
acted like a parrot and was like, Polly, Polly. And then people just lined up and started handing, like, Polly the cracker. And they created this big group thing. And I was blown away. Like, literally, it was like, how did they know to say Polly? Like, how did they know what to say? Yeah. How did, and they weren't even talking. It wasn't even seen. Like, it was the most simple thing. Yeah. It's not ever supposed to be performed. But yet... I was like, what is this magic? Mm. And then I didn't really know, and I wanted to be an actor, but my I, I didn't think that I could be. So I was like, I'll go to school for teaching or something. And um, and then I, I went to at my college that I went to, which was Montclair State, which is just a, a stupid college <laughs> uh, to go to if you want to be an actor. Sure. Um, at least when I was there. I think it's better now. Um, but I went to this theater day and actually part of their acting program and one of the most important things I did get out of it is part of their acting program the first year you do improv. And so I went to theater day and I participated in this improv class with randomly the two guys that I did a scene with were Jim Fasante and Matt Donnelly who I still perform with now in the group threat Mm -hmm. but I was just a high school student they were in college and we did a scene together and then I was like this is what I want to do so I kind of went behind my parents back and um said that I was going to be a BFA in acting instead of teaching Mm -hmm. and I like did it and then I was like not majoring in teaching anymore majoring in (laughs) acting and I started doing improv there so then like once I did that I was like this is what I have to do and I saw the improv group at my orientation and it was those guys, same guys. And I was like, I want to be in your group. And they're like, we're not adding anyone. So I just went, <laughs> once I went to school, I sat in the front row every time. And then they said they were teaching workshops, but still not adding anyone. Mm-hmm. So I went to every workshop, hung out with them after, like would follow them around, like mm-hmm. until finally they were like, oh God, we better put this fucking idiot in the group. <laughs> and now they're like my closest friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I forced them to like me. Yeah. And they continue to do so, so I have them under my spell. That's, That's awesome. Great. Yeah, and then we all still do improv, and Matt teaches improv in Vegas. Very cool. Yeah. And then we all went to UCB once that opened and took classes there, and then... Um, yeah, that's... The UCB that's in New it. York. In New York, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then out here, like, I love teaching improv, actually. Like, I love performing improv, but I love teaching. Like, I'm very passionate about it. And um, so it's really cool when the Nerdist happened because then I got to, like, do it the way that... Like, I got to really think hard about what I think is important for mm-hmm. improvisers to get. And so I love it. Like, I had a class show yesterday, and they killed, and it was, like... A proud moment for me like my tears I had tears in my eyes and it's like just so cool like I love that Um, I love seeing people go from like never doing it to killing it Mm -hmm. like Colin was there and they did a great job and the people you were laughing at some of those people I wanted to be like he's never done improv before like (laughs) five of them had never done improv before and they were so good and so yeah, I love no, it. Was it. A really, it was a really great show. Yeah. It seemed like an awesome class. It was a great class. But yeah. honestly, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not like bragging, but I feel like so many of the class shows feel that way because there's, I don't know, I like, I just like the energy at the Nerdist. I mm. feel like it's, everyone is so supportive. Yeah, yeah. And then the students are coming there like for all different kinds of reasons and, and you know, end up like being a mix of, 
um, a mix of like people who experienced and people who are inexperienced, but the inexperienced people rise to the level of the experienced people. Yeah, yeah. And so then I'm able to give experienced people deeper notes, and then the newbies can actually hear those deep notes and implement it in their mm-hmm. ways, you know. Yeah, which is actually something I've heard um, about your level one, because I know a lot of people, um, like a lot of house team members and people who have been on my house teams, will go through the cycle again specifically to take your level one. Aww. And one of the things that I've been told you do, which I think is awesome, is you instruct to each person's level, which yeah. is, like, really important in teaching, like, in teaching any field, Yeah, you know? So that's, I don't know, that's really which cool. Which can be hard because you don't want to overwhelm people. but And yeah. then I always feel like there's always a time in some one week of the eight weeks where I come home and I say to my husband, like, oh. I lost them. Like I just lost them today. I was too hard. I can't do this. And then, and then always by the show, I'm like, show is great. And he's like, I thought you said you lost them. And I was like, oh, I always get them back. Yeah. <laughs> I just suggest how hard I am because yeah. I don't want to break anyone. No, for sure. You know, but you also have to challenge them. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I'm like, if you just fucking listen to me, mm-hmm. you know. But then like I'll maybe be too much of a bitch or whatever, and then they're like shut down. So next week I'm real positive yeah yeah <laughs> i get it to hear that side of it yeah because i've always just been the student so it's right like, oh yeah you do think about stuff like that oh, oh I, I think about it a lot yeah. i think about it a lot well yeah. i always also like if i hate when an improv teacher is not into it when they're just doing it to pay the bills and then they're doing it because it's like a graduation from being on a team for a long time it's getting to teach mm-hmm. like that's not it's not the same thing like teaching should be because you are obsessed with and love teaching yeah. and <clears throat> If, like, a graduation from being on a team is, like, write your own shit and try to sell it. You know what I mean? Like, teach because you love to teach, and it's, like, uh, you know, it makes you a better improviser, too. Mm -hmm. So when you were in college originally studying to become a teacher, did you go through education? I actually never never did did it. I started, I I switched before I went. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So it's still in there. You did become a teacher. Yeah. I did, yeah, but I'm (laughs) so glad that it's just, like, once a week for three hours. (laughs) (laughs) I'd much rather be a comedian. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, let's talk about some of that. I mean, one of the things that I've uh, seen a lot of your work in um, online is the Apple Sisters. Yeah. And I think you guys are just fucking hysterical. Like, Thank I love you. the music, the whole, the whole characters. I just said musics. Yeah, but I mm-hmm. like that. Well, okay. yeah, there's multiple yeah. songs. All the music. So technically, yeah. there's multiple um, musics. Yeah. Well, how did that get started? Tell us a little bit about that. So the Apple Sisters is a 1940s musical comedy trio that we started 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's Kimmy Gatewood and Sarah Lowe. And Sarah's actually married to one of the guys I started doing improv with, Matt Donnelly. That's how I met her. They started dating, and I was like, I like her. And we're doing a show together, so you better stay together. (laughs) Um, But Kimmy and I were two of the only female teachers at the pit. Okay. And so when we did the faculty show, which was also called the faculty show at the pit, it would be, we were the only women in it. And so a lot of times, I knew her from UCB, like late 90s, but we didn't, we weren't friends. We were just like friendly, like acquaintances. So at the pit, this was, you know, several years later. People would always be like, you guys should do a show together. But it felt very much like, you guys should do a show together because you're the only girls. You know, and it was just like, I was kind of like, fuck that. I'll do a show with whoever the fuck I want. Like, <laughs> I can do a show with every dude. Like, And then eventually, literally Kimmy made 
this comedic pinup calendar and I saw it and I thought it was the funniest thing I ever saw in my life and I was like all right, okay we have to do a show together let's listen everyone <laughs> and then Sarah and I wanted to do a show and I was like I can't be doing two shows so we I introduced them and we discussed like what we liked to be like musical comedy and variety we wanted to maybe host a variety show at first we thought it was going to be and then when you're doing three-person musical comedy, it makes sense to do the 40s because there's three-part harmony already. Like That's like the structure of so much in the 40s. Mm-hmm. So we can kind of do a play on the Andrews sisters. And so we um, through Sarah's mom is on Broadway, and her grandma is like an old uh, Ruby Keeler who was in 42nd Street and stuff. So she's like legacy musical theater. And so there was this like joke that her mom used to make with her best friend called themselves the Apple Sisters and they would put it in their Broadway playbills but they never did anything with it. They just said that as okay. their nickname. So she's like, we should have a name like that. And um, then we were like, there's no better name. <laughs> so that's how we became the Apple Sisters and we would write a new show with new music every month. And we worked like 28 days out of the month we had on our calendar like to work on music and, and the show. So we did a new show every month for a while, and then we wrote a longer musical that we toured the country with and did festivals and then got into Montreal just for laughs. And then when we got agents and managers at, from that festival, they were like, you should move to L.A., and then eventually we listened. Cool. So, so then, all that happened from Apple Sisters? Yes. That's so cool. Yeah, it was cool. A lot of things happened from the Apple Sisters, yeah. that That's are. Amazing. In fact, the reason I'm on GLOW is because Jen used to new cast it, saw the Apple Sisters in New York, and we've kind of kept in touch. And, like, you know, she's brought us in here and there for different things, but um, this, they wanted specifically a comedic duo to play these two roles. Mm-hmm. And so, um, like they brought Kimmy and in, Kimmy and I in because of the Apple sisters, but pretty much like everything is either improv or Apple sisters is why I do anything. Yeah. So it's pretty That's fun. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, and you, we have a show on was, July 31st at UCB. I was about to yeah. ask. I really want to see that now. Yeah, we do shows like three or four times a year because it's kind of like a big effort to um, do a whole musical. And <laughs> yeah. um, and then all of us have kids and Sarah lives in Vegas. She does shows out there. So, you know, but we still yeah. do shows. That's cool. Yeah. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. Come see it, <laughs> listeners. Hi, oh. oh, radio listeners. This is how we talk on the show. I'm always talking to listeners in this voice. That's the radio voice. <laughs> yeah. so you guys have like music videos I'm going to be able to just go look at. Yeah, we have some music videos and some long. short films and stuff. Yeah. Oh, great. Cool. Yeah. Musical comedy is like my favorite thing in the world. Oh, so cool. I'm going to be watching But I feel, like, I feel like we have a lot of videos, but like our thing is to be a live experience. No, it's always, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? I like, totally we're, like there's some mm-hmm. sketch groups that are like, like Harvard Sailing Team makes, they're incredible live, but they also like are so good at making yeah. like online sketches and so. Um, but yeah, we have some music videos. Like I albums. love the Mighty Boosh a whole bunch. Oh yeah. And then my partner, well, I couldn't ever stand him. And then we saw him <laughs> live, and he was like, "Oh, I get it. This yeah, is yeah, amazing. yeah, yeah." So yeah, totally. Everything is better live. Yeah. So good. For sure. So three shows a year, you say, try to do? Three, four shows a year. And we'll do some in Vegas, too. And you write new stuff for that? Uh, This, we're going to take some older songs. We're doing a show, like, we have a war show that we've done. We started 10 years ago, so George Bush was president. So, like, we were able to filter through, we filter, like, the political shit that's going on now through the, like, 40s, like, and satirize it. So then, like... It was like Bush, and then we had Obama for a while, so then it's like a different style, you know, and then now back to the conservative. So <laughs> now we can actually pull some jokes that just like replace, yeah. make it worse, and <laughs> um, put it in now. So we have a war show, so we'll have songs that we've done before, but we'll like adapt the script for what's going on in the mm-hmm. world now. But we don't 
have time to write a full new musical. That even, that sounds like fun though. Yeah. Especially if you're a fan and you know it, then you're like, oh, this is Yeah, so- and we have like 50 songs, so there, a lot of times it's like people either, I don't know, either they might not know this every song that's in yeah. the show. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Um, what else do you want me to talk about? Yeah, I was going to say... What is the next step from Apple? So you did Apple Sisters. Yeah. I'm trying to before we even get to Glow. Okay, like, before man. we get to Glow, I'm like, I yeah. don't know how much time we have. Well, we usually do like an hour. Okay. And we're at 20 minutes right now. So oh, how we're funny. like hidden. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, after, well, the Apple Sisters, we uh, when we were in Montreal at the time, it was um, mainly like a, all the other performers in the sketch comedy showcase were men. And we were the only women in it, and um, and Bob Odenkirk and Bill Hader hosted it. And there was Casey Wilson performed, but she was on SNL at the time, and they, she was just like in the uh, in between parts, not like the, her sketch group was brought, you know? Yeah. Right, right. Kind of like emceeing, or yeah, like they like Bill Hader and and Bob Odenkirk like asked a couple of people to perform like sketches in between like our like showcase. Gotcha, gotcha. So. I felt I feel like this happens a lot to us. So with the Apple Sisters, we're always like, you know, we're wearing these cute dresses. We have red lipstick on. We're very like dolled up, and people always like if they have no idea who we are, they just think we're gonna be cute, and totally underestimate that we're like raunchy. You know, still raunchy through the guise of the '40s. So we're never like totally there, mm-hmm. but that we're gonna do political satire and slapstick, and that we're like very polished in our comedy and three-part harmony and all that. And so I felt like uh, some of the people at the festival like were treating us poorly. And then we performed, and during the performance, my mic, um, it was like 400 people in the audience, and my mic went out, and so you know, when you're singing, you can't have like one person's mic go out. Yeah. So in the middle of it, we just, in our accents, like our 40s accents, asked the sound guy to come fix my mic, and for like 10 minutes did a whole improvised thing while they fixed my mic, and the whole crowd like got on our side, and then we got to do our whole set. And it was incredible, but the coolest thing was Judd Apatow was in the audience, and so then he, like, then we got to be, I got to audition for Bridesmaids. Mm-hmm. And got called back and everything from Melissa McCarthy's part, and got to like read with Kristen Wiig, and like that was incredible. That was like the craziest thing That's of my life. That's so fucking. It was crazy. insane. And then we didn't. I didn't end up getting that part, obviously. But all because of <laughs> the microphone broke. Yeah, but it was like just like not the all whole, because of that, but like energy, you know, you know? that triggers a thing. Yeah, and it makes us seem like cooler because we the way we got through a yeah. bad yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we ended up being in bridesmaids. We sing at the bri- at the bridal shower but it's cut out of the movie so we're just on the extras on the blu-ray but we got to actually shoot like as we were called the Lillianettes but in 40s costumes like come out and sing and um that was like so cool and then because of that connection as well then I got to be just to have a tiny part in This Is 40 but it was all like from that Mm -hmm. and even Allison Jones who cast This Is 40 and Bridesmaids and a bunch of uh, The Office like she had seen the Apple sister. She saw a piece that was written about us in Time Out and then, like, literally wanted to meet us because of that. So then that's why... The funny thing is, as I'm talking, I'm like, it sounds like I'm successful, but, like, I really am not. <laughs> like, I really haven't been successful at all. I was also waiting tables at the time. Yeah, like, no, I, that's what I love to hear, though. Yeah, like, but I was waiting tables. I waited on the Star of Glow, like... I waited on her, like, three years ago. I, I was waiting tables until I was three months pregnant when I was just like, I can't fucking do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I, yeah, but I've had one line here or there, but it all came from this, like, moment. Like, 2008, Montreal was, like, this thing that happened mm-hmm. to us that, like, changed the course, but didn't, like, skyrocket us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know? that's something, I mean, with everybody, this is, like, episode 17, mm-hmm. and I think, like, the thing that we've learned and we've been trying to, like, tell the listener and stuff like that is, like, when you're doing this, when you're being indie and you're being creative and stuff like that, like defining your own level of success like it's constantly a moving target yeah you know? true so like as like as you grow as a performer or writer or whatever it is like you also like you're never gonna feel successful because yeah. when you accomplish something yeah. that just raises you higher to where you can see like the next peak that you're you totally have to true to, you yeah know? and you know there's this thing in the kids in the hall in the extras on the dvd where Dave Foley was like, by the time they got the kids in the hall, they had been in like development for so long that like by the time they got it, they weren't even excited about it because it's like they felt like they were ready for it years before. And so it's always like you're ready for the success that yeah. you get two years later. Ex- very few people just hit, you know? And so it's, I mean, I still have, I'm of the mindset of being extremely grateful for any fucking thing. So I'm like Mm -hmm. psyched if I get one line in a digital, you know, commercial Mm -hmm. that I get $300 for it. Like whatever. Like I'm just happy to be working and I've made up my career, like not just the acting stuff because I direct and produce as well. Mm -hmm. And so figured out how to like just do it all and like, I don't know, make it all work so that it comes together. But it's Mm -hmm. all like it's always that thing of like you're exactly right when you get to that one peak then you could see oh wait there's a higher mountain yeah Yeah. because I don't Um, see anything that I've done (laughs) I've done at least like two things but but you have to look every year and be like did I have a better year than last year? I used to write yeah. stuff down and I'd be like, oh, okay. So like, even if it's just a callback, yeah. like a bunch of callbacks, you're like, oh, that's more than I had last year. Um, and then it keeps you like on target of like working for what you want. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I was kind of just having that talk with my girlfriend. I was like, as shitty as things can seem right now, <laughs> it's still better than it was last year and that was better than it was the year before so yeah and even like this you have a podcast six years ago oh, yeah. you were living in a van yeah oh exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's, now you have a whole garage yeah, yeah. <laughs> it took me so long to get this garage <laughs> oh man but so you direct and produce yes what is, what's the thing you've directed so I, I helped does, sort of created this show called Speakeasy with Paul F. Tompkins mm-hmm. and Love so I the funny thing is is that I interviewed, so I knew they wanted to make a show with cocktails and comedy, and that's where, like, me working at the Varnish, which is the cocktail bar I worked at, comes into play, because I'm obsessed with cocktails. I almost brought Rosé here to drink during this podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have Budweiser. I'll have a beer. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Um, but you guys have to have one, too. I don't uh, drink, but Colin will have a beer. Yeah, I keep this beer in his garage just for me. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Um, so, I thought I was interviewing to host a show about cocktails and comedy for break.com slash made man was the website. So in the interview, I'm talking about the different things I've hosted and like why I would be a good host. And as I'm like talking, I realize they don't want me to host. They want a man to host because it's for made man, which is like a GQ type online. Esquire. Yeah, vibe. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mustache combs. And, and so whatnot. I just was like pivoted and started talking about stuff that I've written and produced, which is really just Apple Sisters and very independent things. Mm-hmm. 
and cocktails and my vision for the show that I just was understanding that I wasn't going to be hosting. And then I got the job <laughs> based on, well, they were like, here's a trial. And so I had to write like a spec script for what an episode would look like. And I pitched them ideas of who should host it. And Paul F. Tompkins had played FDR in the Apple Sisters show, so I knew him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he should be the host. So I, first time I'm producing anything for anybody and I don't even really have the job, called his manager texted him and was like we actually have money to pay you there's a job that i want you to do like called his manager by the end of that day he signed on to do it and then they gave me the job so then i did it for four years so paul was the host for three and a half years and then some other person was the host for six months who i don't like to talk about oh okay <laughs> i'll go watch the episodes and figure it out. yeah <laughs> i love um, paul f tompkins yeah that show was did, yeah was there an episode with bill Hader? Yeah. Okay, yeah. That was I loved that episode. Yeah, so we did so I produced it for a while and then they eventually were like can you like you should just direct it because the guy who this guy Andy Senor who now um, does screen junkies, he was directing it but then he got like too busy so they were like, "Well, you're already here, you're already doing like half of it." So yeah. then I started directing it. And then you know, but I booked the guests for a while until we got bookers and stuff. So I would have to like figure out. I'd be like IMDb Pro, like who has publicists and I calling, love. and it was crazy. It was like I was like I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Mm. I'd be like crying at work, like I can't get any fucking celebrities to sign on the show. Like I'm not. I don't know how to do this. Like I had major imposter syndrome, oh, but I had yeah, the yeah. job. Yeah. But so, I think everyone yeah. has that for whatever job they yeah. get, and especially women, and in a male. Dominated oh, yeah. company. Yeah, yeah. There were, it was the, very male. Yeah, and the contents right. even supposedly so you're super super men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm very. But that's like to me, that's amazing to hear because that's kind of how like we have to do our thing, and it's just oh, that's yeah. how like everything is really done. You're you know. It's so well, I'll give you a hot tip. Look on IMDb Pro, see, and reach out to publicists of people that you know or you like because they might book their guests on this. Like even. It, like, it doesn't have to be, like, a crazy viewership. <laughs> they would. Mark Maron, yeah. still in his garage yeah, that's for true. WTF. That's still, true. Obama went to his garage. Yeah, that's fucking... That's pretty That's one of the best things I ever listened to. Yeah. But my favorite part about that story... He doesn't about, rent his garage, though, I don't think. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if he owns that place. I haven't talked to him in a while. You, you've probably talked to him a lot he more recently than I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> no, but I love that idea of... You being able to call uh, Paul F. Tompkins and say, I actually have a paycheck for you. Because that's like a dream of mine. Because Zane yeah. and I, we produce music videos. We do like dumb sketches. Zane has a live show every month and we're constantly like bringing people in. And it's just like, we've spent the last six years building this like Rolodex of like really talented, amazing, kind poor desperate people that we're just like preying on you know and like feels like that sometimes so like i always have this like dream and fantasy of like one day like a former guest on the show sarah newton i want to be able to call her she's an incredible director amazing dp i want to be able to call her and be like i have money for you so badly like it's like literally a dream although i should get her info because she's a dp yeah and people are always looking for female dps and so it's like just good to know Mm because there's not many like there's not many that i know there's a million i'm sure she actually just just, uh she just founded her own uh production company and did a series of short films uh, with that yeah awesome good to Uh, know alpha leonis entertainment that's a plug (laughs) Uh, yeah no we'll definitely put you in touch though she's great yeah yeah, I, it is It is cool when you can be like, 
when you can, I don't know, when you're, well, that's, the company is huge. And, you know, they didn't pay him what he's worth, honestly. Because mm-hmm. sure. he's incredible, and he, like, once he was on the show, he's such a good interviewer. And part of what makes him that way is he's so caring, thoughtful. He actually cares about the people he's interviewing, mm-hmm. and, like, really, like, is interested in what they have to say. And so, um, he would, like, I did a lot of, interview prep leading up to it but he would read all of it look up his own research you know Mm -hmm. and like really like have amazing conversations with the guests so it was a cool it was a really cool job because like that and then the dp on that show was an amazing dp and he made the show look gorgeous so it made my job easier as a director because i didn't have to like make the look you know it was like that was done yeah um that's what that's why sarah is so great (laughs) yeah well that's the thing a a good dp like is amazing but Mm -hmm. from doing speakeasy then i was like all right i need to direct other shit so because that was only like i'd shoot once a month i was gonna ask was that your first Dive into directing yeah. or whatever. Like, yeah. Because sometimes you just become a director because you're making a thing, and then nobody else is directing this. I, I'm now directing this. Yeah, basically they like were like, oh, you should direct this. So then I started directing it. But then I was like, I want to direct other things. And I only, even though Speakeasy was a cool thing, you can't just have one thing on your reel right. to try to get other jobs. And so I, uh, the friend of mine was going to make a music video. I sang backup on one of her songs. And then she wanted to make the video, and she was asking me to help produce it. And then I was like, you know, I can direct. And so then she had me direct it. So that was Bridget Ryan. So I directed her music video, and then Tess Paras. Her same thing. She had done like a... What was the music video? Um, One is called Boy, I Want to Take You to a Wedding. That was the first one. But the ones for Tess have kind of like hit. So um, Typecast was one, and, um, and then we did a couple other ones together. But... And now Tess and I write together. But she had done it like a, the diversity showcase, the CBS diversity showcase, and she mm-hmm. was like, it was so good. And I was like, I'll produce and direct it. And like, <laughs> I just did it for free for a lot of people because yeah. I was like, I need a reel. And so then I directed that stuff. And then I directed my friend's web series. Um, and now I've directed a um, bunch of crap. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now my directing reel actually has things on it yeah, <laughs> more than yeah. just speakeasy. But uh, it's, I just, that's very indie of me. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I just yes. was literally like, all right, I, which is the same way I started coaching improv is I'd be like, I'll coach for free until mm-hmm. I felt good enough, you know, yeah. to ask for money. And it, it's also like to get that experience. Yeah, so. totally. So yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, it seems like right now there's like, and I totally get it, I feel it, there's like this big like cultural pushback in like the creative community, I think especially in LA with like, doing stuff for free and, like, working for experience and stuff like that. Yeah. But, I mean, like, at some point, like, yes, you have to say no. Like, I'm, like, worth money and, like, you have to pay me. But also, don't you have to, like, do stuff for free for a while? I think it depends on who's producing. I think it's, like... Because I do things for free still, but, like, not... I don't usually direct for free because it's so much work. Mm-hmm. But if it's something I really believe in, it's it either has to be something you really believe in and will really fulfill you creatively at a certain point, or something that you think, this is going to get me a bigger job at some point. Mm-hmm. This is an investment in myself. Mm-hmm. But, like, I've turned down a couple directing opportunities that would have been free or very cheap because I didn't believe in the project. And it's right. like, why am I going to, especially I have a kid, mm-hmm. I'm like, why am I going to take time away from my child if it's not even something I care about? Yeah. Or something that even is like, it could even be funny when I, I'll watch someone else's 
version of it. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, oh, that was funny. I just didn't get it, though, when I read the script. Or I just was like, I can't put the time in because I won't. I don't do anything half-assed, and I'll end up, like, making props and, like, going to pick up craft services, yeah. and I'm like, I can only do this for, like, my best friends, people who I think are hilarious, yeah. like, you know. And so with Tess Paras, who her her YouTube is TessTubeBaby, TessTubeBaby, on, uh, on YouTube, so I directed a bunch of her stuff, and... Uh, and it, it's like because I always used to joke that she was my muse because then we started writing together and I would, before Glow, I was like, oh, I'm not going to act. Nobody wants me in front of the camera. So I started writing projects where she was the lead and I would just be the head writer or whatever, with her or whatever. So we wrote this like buddy comedy where it was her and an old lady. And then literally we just like six months ago were like, all right, let's change the old lady to me because it's really me, but if I was 30 years older, so yeah, let's just yeah. make it me because maybe now people do want me in front yeah. of the camera and that's yeah. what I want to be anyway. So. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's so. really cool. I mean, so I think we got we to gotta talk about the fucking big successful elephant in the room. Tell us all about Glow. Like, what was it? Like, obviously, it's going to be a huge hit, like... I hope so. I it's, think people. I mean, people really like it's it. It's all my. I can't look at Facebook because I get him and watch it yet, and it's, yeah. all, it's on Facebook. Yeah. and it's all my Twitter feed. It's That's seriously. Great. It's and everywhere. Instagram too, like screen grabs and stuff all throughout. Yeah, I was I was lucky enough to work with some uh, very uh, huge professional wrestlers today. Between takes, when we were shooting with them and they were sitting at the desk hosting the show, between takes, literally all they were talking about was watching Glow that's and crazy. how much they loved it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, I, that's the thing is like, so Glow, obviously, I don't know, I guess your listener will probably know what it is, but Glow was an 80s wrestling show and I used to watch it as a kid. Mm -hmm. um, and it it was like over the top. It was the first really all women's league or big, you know, and on TV and it became a cult hit. But they did wrestling. They also did sketches. It was so campy and crazy. Um, but the ladies who were on it are incredible, and they're in a documentary, which is on Netflix right now as oh, well. Okay. Um, but they, a lot of them didn't know they were auditioning for a wrestling show when they went to audition, so it was a lot of like models and actresses and then some sportsy people. Um, and there were only like one or two actual wrestlers that, were, that became a part of it. One like Olympic shot putter. Like... But most of them were just these, like, actresses. They, 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 it, life wasn't, you know, they hadn't gotten a big job yet. Went and auditioned. And when they got there, it was like, this is going to be a wrestling show. You're going to be wrestling, mm -hmm. you know. And so the documentary, the two creators of Our Glow saw the documentary. And that's um, Carly mentioned Liz Flayhive, who wrote on Nurse Jackie together. But they also separately wrote Homeland, Arch the New Black, A Million Plays. They're incredible. They saw the documentary and were like, this is the show we want to make, like about these women and mm -hmm. kind of the origin story of a show like Glow. And so they pitched it to Genji, who they'd worked with, and then Genji Cohen was like, yes. And um, so our show is about the personal and professional lives of these female wrestlers in this 80s wrestling league. And um, we're, it's, it's not the exact story of what happened, mm -hmm. but a lot of the dramatic elements and like aspects come from the original story okay. and then they made it their own and they made their own like dramatic arc like how you get into it so yeah. like but some things are true and some things aren't um but it's really its own story inspired by yeah um and then our my characters so i got cast with one of the girls in the apple sisters kimmy gatewood and her and i 
auditioned together and our characters were supposed to be like the rodeo clowns of the show we're like the idiots will do anything heavy metal like fans over the top and uh so kimmy and i ours were really the only one who didn't have much of a script they just had us improvise a lot okay so that's where that came in handy they asked us to make up our own tag team characters and we made up Uh, five and we basically did like a 20 minute set for them because we just were like both of us had been in this business for such a long time and like just like get you get little kernels that keep you here but never enough where you feel like oh this is like you know uh not much to write home about so um (laughs) So then this, we were like, we're never going to get this, but let's just fucking go for it. So we luckily had like a lot of time the couple days for the audition, the callback, and we wrote a bunch of stuff and improvised a bunch of stuff and like perfected it and did that. And then they talked to us after our little show that we put on for them. (laughs) And then, and it was cool because we're both moms of toddlers and then like the, one of the had all the women in the room except for one was mom too and we talk about our kids and like it was just like very cool vibe and then we got cast on it and so it was the coolest thing that ever happened yeah, <laughs> yeah. it sounds like the coolest yeah. thing that's great and then our wrestling coach we got had to wrestle for four weeks and mm-hmm. our wrestling coach his uncle trained the original glow girls oh, so it's Chavo okay. Guerrero Junior, who is a third generation wrestler, and he was in WWE and like all the professional wrestling circuits he's done, and he's wrestled his whole life. There was a ring in his backyard, and um, and so like. And you train with him? Yeah, he taught me how to wrestle. I know That's how to wrestle. So cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, took, you like took some bumps. And oh shit. man. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, we had to wrestle, so That's we amazing. had to learn all the wrestling moves, and so we did our own stunts. There were stunt women on hands for things that were like if we had to do a million like too many takes then they would come in but they didn't they didn't they I did all my own fight um the first fight in the show that I do I did all of it uh-huh. um because they didn't plan on having them for us because um it was more for like the girls that had a lot of stuff to do but the last fight I got food poisoning while we were shooting it so I was throwing up between takes so at a certain point I was like I can't do this anymore <laughs> and so then the stunt throwing up like every time like, not yeah. every time like I threw up three times but I was that's so sick that's a lot sick. that's enough like the doctor came in and gave me like meds and I was so sick and like you'll see the last episode and you know, can't really tell that I was sick. I have yeah. a lot of makeup on. Yeah, yeah. And I had energy when I was acting. But then as soon as they'd yell cut, I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm going to uh. kill myself. And um, and so the stunt woman, they let me go home. Like, after they got all my coverage, then they let me go home so that when it was, like, the angle where it wasn't really on me. Mm-hmm. So I could tell she comes in a little bit just at the end. Okay. You but can tell. I can tell. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you normally, if you're watching a movie or whatever, it, the stunt people and the editor, everyone's really good if you can't tell when the stunt people yeah. are in. Mm-hmm. I know because yeah. it's you didn't not my body. That. Yeah, exactly. I did no, shoot it all. Oh, okay. Like, I shot it all. Yeah. But it's just a matter of, like, oh, I know Which that's take is Helena. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, I wouldn't have had a stunt person if I didn't throw up. Mm-hmm. Three times. Yeah. yeah. And imagine, like, throwing up and then having to wrestle. Oh, I can't say who it is. I guess I can. It's already out. But having to wrestle, like, Alison Brie, like, and be like, sorry, <laughs> I was just throwing up. I hope I don't have <laughs> yes. a stomach flu. But now I give you the star of the show. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. You're the person that kills Alison Brie. Yeah. yeah. 
How far along was that in, uh, into was production? The second to last day of shooting. Oh, okay. It or came... the third to last day. The third to last day of shooting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good crazy. thing that wasn't the first day, and it's like, oh, yeah, oh this yeah. chick's going to keep throwing up on <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, so did the show come out on Friday? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that's why everyone's talking about it. Came out on now. June 23rd, yeah. So mm-hmm. then everyone was like binging through oh, yeah, the weekend. Dated. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to watch it again, like starting tonight, because I just awesome. finished it on Saturday, because I yeah. hadn't seen episodes except for doing ADR and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. have to watch like most of it tonight or it'll be ruined for me at work tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like a big, I work in a room of like big wrestling fans, so. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're probably all going to be like, I wish there was more wrestling, but. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, from, they're, they're fans of, like, the lore of wrestling and, like, yeah. the behind yeah. of, like, these guys that, like, do, or not guys, the girls, too, but, like, the people who live those lives and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's way more interesting. I like, love, me. I mean, every wrestler I've met is so cool, and now I love wrestling so much. Yeah. Like, I love it, and I love doing it and watching it. Like, I went to an indie wrestling show the other day. And oh, cool. Which it one? Was, it was uh, House of Pain in El Puente. Okay. El Puente. Um, it was incredible. Like, these guys were so good. Like, they're mm-hmm. just... Yeah, like, and they were kids wrestling, like, 10 years old. Oh, no way. Fully, like, in it. It was incredible. That sounds awesome. Yeah, That's so, so now cool. I go to wrestling matches. These are things I do. Yeah. yeah. Instead of seven days a week of improv. We had an indie pro wrestler on the show, and that was, like, mm-hmm. one of my favorite interviews, just because how passionate and, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, into yeah. it. Like, Who was it? Uh, Max hardcore, X. Yeah, hardcore kamikaze okay. Max X. Cool. Nice. He's, uh, he's a really good guy. Yeah, but, um... No, it's great. It's one of those things where, like, as a performance and, like, a sport and just, like, a physical feat, it's great. And then all of the fucking awesome drama, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, I love it. Do you guys know this female wrestler named Sage Sin? I don't think so, no. She comes out to the Pumpkin King song from uh, <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh-huh. And she has, like, a pumpkin face. And she's like an But she's, like, the pumpkin queen! And comes out, like... It, it, she did the House of Pain thing, uh-huh. and I, you know she she wrestles in like I don't know the type of leagues these are. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. pro, they're pro, but it's not like WWE. You know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, not versed in like what it is. But she was so good. Like, and I just saw her in this thing. Like I don't know her, but um, she's you should look her up because okay. she's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will. <laughs> um, but yeah, we learned how to wrestle, and then and then like we. The cool thing is that while we're on the show, while we're acting, it's only, you know, 14 of us that are in the room, Mm -hmm. so we're always wrestling behind each other, so if it's, like, a practice thing, then we're all, like, working behind, so we actually, like, know what to do, or we'll work on, you know, when we're in the background, it's not like we're just fucking around, it's like we kind of know enough that it looks real because yeah, it yeah, is real. Yeah. So you're like actually running your drills Are you talking about, like, in the background background of a scene that's, like, so, like... Focusing on us talking, but there's wrestling going on in the background. Yes. Okay. So kind of like The Office, where there it's only the people that work in The Office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like with us, it's like even though the like there's 14 of us, so like the main girls are like Allison Brie and Betty Gilpin, and then Brittany um, Young and Sidel Noel. Like they're like the main four girls, but the rest of us get some storyline, and then a lot of times though are just like in the background they say a joke here and there you and know what the, I mean get to have the funnier moments because those uh, yeah I mean everybody uh, yeah everyone's really funny even though like some of these girls are like straight up like Shakespeare style actors mm-hmm. but like they're hilarious well, you know I love it it sounds like <laughs> the cast 
of Netflix Glow is like an exact mirror image of like the cast of the original Glow. Like you have actors and athletes from all different worlds like coming in and doing this badass wrestling shit. Yeah, that's what, and it was cool because we experienced the same thing that these girls experienced except in a much more gentle way. <laughs> like, when it's much different to be, like, put in an indie wrestling TV show than, like, a Netflix TV show where there's, like, food everywhere yeah. and they don't want you to get hurt. Yeah. Um, you know, or they don't let you get hurt. Like, it's very different. Like, the, if you were to become a wrestler for, like, professional wrestling, like, they run you through the drills. They want you to be able to work through pain. Mm-hmm. For us, they want you to be able to not be in pain so you can work for four months, you know. Right, yeah, um, yeah. So we had a much gentler treatment, but the experience of, like, you know, of course I'm going to want to do this show. Yeah. And, but I was intimidated by having to wrestle. Uh-huh. Like, I'm I'm not athletic. Like, I'd ne- I hadn't worked out probably in, like, two years before I had to do Glow. Yeah. And I, my knees hurt immediately. Like, it was all, my body was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm doing Pilates, like, four days a week so that if we have season two that I'm not, so that I have tiny bit more muscle and yeah. like a slightly less fat so that yeah. I can actually like you know I want to like really be not in pain yeah, yeah. <laughs> waking yeah. up isn't hard yeah <laughs> oh man but it's I'm a good show it. I can't wait show. to watch it. I'm gonna watch so much of that tonight I think it's gonna keep me up all night yeah. but it's gonna mm-hmm. be good well it's only five hours of material so oh it's, it's like, five oh, I can it's do it's only that. half hour episodes mm-hmm. so it's like uh yeah it's crazy because then you get through the 10 and you're like that's it but you're off that do you think you'll still continue to try to direct stuff and of course right yeah i'll yeah for sure right now i'm focusing on seeing if i can get more acting jobs and Mm -hmm. writing so since we finished glow we stopped shooting in december i've just been writing a bunch of stuff and then i've been pitching shows and so i've been pitching with kimmy and with tess and i had written my own script just on my own and um, I was really trying to just, like, like basically, I still had my nanny from when I was shooting Glow, and I was like, I'm keeping my nanny on, so <laughs> full-time I'm writing. Okay. If I didn't audition, like, if I was got an audition, then that was, but I was like, I'm using this time to work. Yeah. And so I've been just writing as much as possible. So and, let me ask you a question about that, because yeah. this is something I'm uh, trying to figure out myself. So do you, like have like a home office you have to get like office space can you get stuff done at home because that's my like a huge i have to come here or i can't can't do anything at home you know i can't well because i i wrote my first script that i was writing while my son was napping before glow (laughs) like i after i had fred um who's my two and a half year old i was like i want to write a script so i would write while he was napping so i'd write 45 minutes at a time and i like finished a freaking script that way wow so when you have a kid yeah and you like only have set number of time and i didn't have a lot of money so i'm like i can't just like hire a babysitter all the time mm-hmm. um eventually i would hire a babysitter two hours before my improv class so i'd basically make 20 dollars if i was coaching because i paid all of it to a babysitter so i could write for two hours and then teach wow and um and so now I can do it. Now I'm very disciplined that I can write anywhere. Yeah. But I think that it's it's like you need, like, whatever it is that you need to do it. You know what I mean? But having deadlines helps. Yeah. And knowing that, like, I mean, from my experience, like, there's no time like the present. Like, just pump that shit out. Because you, I've had it happen where people have asked me for scripts. People who are have their own television shows who might want me to write for their show because they just think I'm funny. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have one. 
And I didn't have one because I just didn't think I could write. Even though I wrote The Apple Sisters, I had, like, insecurity about it. And so then I'll always kick myself for that stuff. And so now I'm like, screw it. Like, at this point, I'm too old to waste time. And so I would recommend, like, if you want to do it, just do it now. And, like, don't let yourself have that excuse. Right, yeah, yeah. Or take yourself here and have office hours. Mm -hmm. Like, you know. get your keys, man. (laughs) <laughs> or well, a cafe I, yeah, or there's like that. libraries that have wi-fi <laughs> yeah, yeah like i've been going there's a library in glendale that has wi-fi and it's really pretty and so i've gone there but mm-hmm. um i can't write when my son is right there in a way because he just will be like what you write and what you doing you know <laughs> um but i'll go to you know go to a go somewhere and yeah. write. um because really like there's i don't know you have to get it done or you or you have nothing yeah and one day when you're in this like career people will ask you for shit and you Mm. need to already have it you know Mm -hmm. it's probably like three major times that someone asked me for a script and i didn't have it and it was like like any kind of script like you got a feature do you got a i have a i just have a, a pilot and then i um have two other pilots that i've written that i'm writing with my other my writing partners Mm -hmm. um and then i have short things but like i didn't have that pilot script done until like until actually i finished it like the week before glow wow yeah so yeah i mean that's like almost exactly what we were talking about earlier it's like when you reach that level you see that peak like it's like it's almost like, well, no one's ever going to ask me for something. Like, why would that ever happen? But then but it will. you're living in this town yeah. and you're doing comedy and you're meeting people and you're making stuff. And it's like, yeah, it's going to, if you're good and you work, it's going to happen. Well, you know? and also get through that first script so that you get the second one that's actually good. You know okay. what I mean? All that yeah. stuff. It's like, and I took a writing class, mm-hmm. this guy, Ben Axelrad, um, who uh, honestly like was incredible, took his writing class. And, and like, workshop the script with him. And, like, then I have two other ones that are myself that are just, like, I'm working on the outlines and stuff. Yeah. I think I had two other friends that took that class. It's so good. And they were like, I did it just to give myself a deadline. Yeah. And now they both have great scripts. Yeah. Well, that's the class that at the end of eight weeks you have a script. Yeah. And so even <laughs> if it, and then, like, you... It's even if it's not perfect at the end of eight weeks, you have a script. Mm-hmm. Where like if you take class at UCLA or whatever, you get an outline by the end. So then you have to be like, oh, and then I have to sign up another yeah. five hundred dollars and stuff. There's just something so great. His system's really good, and yeah, I, I need to take that class. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty killer idea. I would, idea. I would mm. do that. Yeah, it's just I don't know anything you can do to do it. Because mm-hmm. if you can improvise well, you can write. Yeah, you just need to someone else to tell you this structure if you don't know it mm-hmm. you know but you can like I didn't think I could and I'm like you're writing a lot. I'm writing all the time for 20 fucking years I'm writing yeah yeah. so I am I can write it's yeah. just get it done you know yeah that's my recommendation that's awesome that's exactly why we brought you here <laughs> yeah I that's love what that indie crud is the people yeah. need to know this stuff Rebecca. I know but I know I'm gonna listen and I'm gonna be like oh my god I sound so like I know everything. No. Oh, no, no. Great. Listen to Ptolemy's episode. You'll yeah. feel much better. This episode, too. <laughs> you know, oh, no, you said God. this is a great stuff yeah. for me. Because, like, your career is essentially, like, what I strive for, basically. <laughs> and I love it. So, I'm, you know, it's great to hear that from you. Yeah, All it's very, very stuff. cool. And we're at an hour, so we can just yeah. organically end it. If wow. you want to throw some plugs. we got to just chug this beer. Let's do it. <laughs> I'll chug your rest of your water. I can't really chug. <laughs> but I'll drink it, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, no worries. There's really no pressure. 
Um, so we talked about that Apple Sisters show, but what, yeah, yeah, follow the Apple Sisters on Facebook and the okay. a- Apple Sisters nineteen forty three on Instagram, and um, we don't 37? post that much. Uh, July thirty first. Thirty first. And then you can follow me, which you can find anything out about what I'm doing um, at Hello Rebecca on Instagram. Um, that's my Facebook like professional page and uh, Twitter, and it's uh, Hello R E B E K K A is how I spell my name, but it's on all three of those. So follow me. I like getting followers. (laughs) Get them likes, double tap them grams, y'all. And (laughs) fucking watch Glow. Yeah. Yeah, watch Glow, please. Watch all of them. I never want to stop wrestling. Yeah. Fuck yeah, make it. Let's make this the, like, biggest show ever so Rebecca can keep getting beat up (laughs) by other actors. (laughs) (laughs) And we can keep watching and enjoying it. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) End of episode. Thank you